0: You are listening to the Not Neurotypical Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this podcast is all about being neurodivergent in a really neurotypical world. I am a married mom of three, or well, I'm trying to stay married, and I also work, or well, I try to work. Well, anyway, if you don't mind me using you as therapy, strap on your seatbelts, hold on tight. Because it's probably gonna be a bumpy ride. Hey, everybody, I am so happy that you're here with me for episode four. This episode is all about the growing pains of a late diagnosis, which I am deep in the thick of it. I am feeling those growing pains and I am here to share them with you. So, even if you knew, always that you are different than the average person, or if you've struggled with certain things that never quite made sense to you, but maybe you learned how to cope with some of those things, the new reality of a new diagnosis can throw adults into what feels like a downward spiral especially a diagnosis like autism or ADHD, which are both so vastly misunderstood by the general public and even sometimes by the people who have these conditions. Another issue is that the personal struggles and challenges for autistic individuals and people with ADHD are very different person to person. So these symptoms can show up in different places or the way they present to people uh, versus how they present to ourselves is all different. And then not only that, um, we talk about a spectrum, you know, some things show up really strong. Some things aren't quite an issue for each person. But one thing that we all have in common with a late diagnosis is that it feels like you have to find your own way as an adult because the reality is that when you are diagnosed later in life, especially 30 plus, you are robbed of the time that is needed to figure out what exactly all of this means to you, especially without all of the responsibility that you already feel, all of the pressure, all of the outside judgment, and especially just the fear of feeling those things from the people around you. Adults are much more likely to have those responsibilities like already having a career or a steady job or obviously having to work to make money to survive. Or a lot of them have families of their own or a spouse or kids and other responsibilities that they can't just walk away from while they figure it all out. And that was so the case for me. And the late diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder for me was devastating. And I felt guilty even admitting that. If you can remember in episode two at the end, I was stating, you know, I didn't feel good. I felt numb. What was wrong with me? I had heard of so many women who felt like they finally understood everything and everything just clicked. And I felt that. I did. But it didn't feel good. And that was because I already knew that I was barely handling my life and then now I had to handle this on top of being a mom of three, having a new business or a growing business that was actually successful. And that was something I should have been proud about. Instead, I got this new diagnosis and I was so stressed out. How am I going to handle my business right now when I'm trying to process way too much and I'm slow at processing anyway, because duh, I have autism and ADHD combo. And it's like, I was so overwhelmed and three months later, I'm still overwhelmed. Still, this is not going to happen fast, but you know what? I knew that I gave myself that I allowed myself to say, this is going to take time and I'm going to process this at the proper speed for me. And we all are different processing different things, whether neurotypical neurodivergent, autism, ADHD, all of us are so different with processing and I told myself I'm going to allow myself however long it takes to process this properly and it's been three months and I definitely have processed quite a bit and I still feel like there's a lot more to go but due to a history of past abuse for me and I don't throw that out there lightly but it was definitely a whole nother layer added onto my situation and I also have what I can only characterize as a neglectful upbringing that I'm still dealing with especially as I'm a mom now it's something that in my 20s I was kind of able to block out a little bit and then now when I'm parenting my own children this stuff comes up so past Trauma and abuse comes up later in life and it's something that you can't always prepare for and even if you think you've dealt with some things, sometimes it kind of comes back in new situations and I have been feeling that a lot now because when you get an autism diagnosis or a ADHD diagnosis that is present in childhood, you start going back and thinking of all of the stuff. How did we miss this? What was I like as a kid? What was I like for my parents as a kid? You know, you start thinking of all this stuff and with all of that, if you have abuse in your past, that comes back up. So I've been dealing with that as well, which is not easy to admit, but it's another piece of this crazy world that is colliding, another part colliding with this whole new world for me so once again I want to reiterate I was not devastated from my late diagnosis because I was ashamed of being autistic and it was definitely not because I wished it never happened I'm the kind of person that if it's real and out there I want to know about it so I'm actually really thankful for this it just kind of came at a really crazy time I mean mid 30s is when the average person and I say that lightly but and I'm totally generalizing but the average person um judging from just what I've seen in my life is starting to be comfortable with themselves and they've made mistakes in their teens and 20s and they've learned from it and They are starting to be content with who they are and find their way. And I've heard so many like career women say, you know, in the 20s, I was this way, but in my 30s, I was this way, and that led to success. And, you know, you hear all these stories of what it's going to be like in your 30s as a woman and as a man, and there's these expectations set up. And if you are neurodivergent, chances are you are not going to meet those milestones. And that is a symptom of this idea that we have to conform to that. And everyone in society feels that pressure. And I know a lot of neurotypicals that are also not happy with those milestones and think they're ridiculous, but they're really there. There's these adult milestones of development. And all we talk about is those childhood milestones. And the truth is adults have just as ridiculous milestones and pressure. And just because a kid doesn't reach a certain milestone, shouldn't mean that there's a certain way, you know, that ties into ableism, right? It's no different as an adult. And there's this idea that if you're 30s, if you're in your 30s and you don't have it all figured out that there's something wrong with you. So anyway, getting back to myself, I started my own business in my early 30s and it really took off and it was something where I had given up trying to work for other people I had tried that did not work for me. And being an entrepreneur and being a business owner is something that I always wanted to do. And I took the dive. The time was right. I went for it. And it ended up really working. And for the first time in my life, I had people around me really proud of me. And I want to say in my adult life. I mean, definitely not as a kid. I I definitely experienced, you know, people being proud of me and stuff as a kid. But as an adult, it just felt like, I could never do anything right. And I couldn't hold a job. And, you know, what was wrong with me because I could always do all of my job duties. And I was actually uh, better than most people at a lot of the jobs I had, but I couldn't keep a job. And it was frustrating. And it seemed like every job ended traumatic or in some like really explosive, like way I had to leave or it was just really frustrating or anxious. I would get overwhelmed. You know, the list goes on and on. And I decided I was going to do this. I was going to start my own business and I did it and it felt good and it's a job where it's like one-on-one customer facing and I was doing really good at it. It was getting great reviews from my clients and my family was telling me how proud they were of me. And then I was asked to be a guest host on TV and, um, I had a great time doing it and it was so fun. And I was like, wow, like this is what I've been waiting for. Right. And then there's this diagnosis and this new understanding, like, wait. I am not a, as good at social cues as I thought I was, and I'm not a, as good as um, understanding what the situation is, and any situation, I, I realize now that I'm not as good as I thought I was at reading a situation socially, um, and all of this other stuff, and it affected my business big time, and all of a sudden, I'm in my mid-30s, and I'm feeling like, great, I have to start over all over again. And I just wasn't ready to handle just another confusing struggle after mentioning all of those things. And I think that so many adults with a late diagnosis feel this way because it's so complex. And sure, they feel like understood and everything clicks now, but our life has to go on. We have responsibilities. A lot of us don't live at home, and if you do, I want you to know that that's totally okay. Use that to your advantage and get the support you need. And please don't feel shame about that, no matter what anyone says. But a lot of us don't live at home and we have that added pressure of having to be responsible and make money and it's frustrating. And all of a sudden you have this new life-changing diagnosis that's really hard to process and you can't even take any time to process it and figure it all out, you have to continue to work, you have to take care of your children, you're still married, you know, all of this stuff. And for me, it didn't help that I had the three kids and two of them being toddlers, a very, very demanding age. And then my oldest diagnosed also with ASD, ADHD, DCD, which is dyspraxia. And, you know, he's higher needs. And even though he was diagnosed as high functioning, we won't get into that, he's really not. He needs a lot of support. And I've now started homeschooling him like a psychopath because, you know, I really need more on my plate, but I'm just the kind of person who's going to do everything for my kids. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, But it didn't help that I had. All of these responsibilities, and it just made the realization of the complex diagnosis that much harder to bear. And that's why I was devastated. There was no hiding away in my cave, which I long for so much. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me talk about the zero gravity cave with no light, (laughs) because that's like my dream. If I could make a zero gravity cave in my bedroom, with absolutely no light absence of any light. And I could just like chill in there floating around. I mean, that would be amazing. But anyway, I could not have that obviously. (laughs) But there was no time to even just lay in my bed and, and process all of this stuff. Um, There's no time taking off from my business while I handle all of this because it's a growing business and I have demanding clients naturally as they should be. And I'll admit, I definitely cut back on taking new clients during this time though, and I needed that. And if you can, you know, make those changes where you can and give yourself that time to process it because it's a lot. And I just want to point out that I'm not podcasting here as an expert. I am processing all of this with you, and I hope you appreciate that. And I'm not going to tell you how to process this stuff. I'm literally just telling you how I am dealing with this and processing it. And I'm being really open, and it's it is really therapeutic. I make that joke in the opening of like, <laughs> if you will let me, um, you know this will be my therapy if you want to listen in and all of that. And, and yeah, it's, it's really therapeutic. It is, but I'm still just starting this all out. Honestly, I still haven't even told most of my family and there weren't too many friends to tell, but I've told a couple, but there's a lot of people out there that I know that I interact with regularly that have no idea that this is going on and one friend, my best friend at the time, uh she never really responded. Um my only response from her was, "Oh, I never would have thought" when I told her, and she didn't ask any questions. Um which kind of blew my mind. I mean, it doesn't help that I'm a question asker to get down to the bottom of everything, but she didn't ask, "Well, how do you feel about it or are you okay or how are you handling this diagnosis or any of that. And that was June 19th. And we are well into September 2019 now. And I haven't even heard from her. I didn't even hear from her until my birthday, which was just this past week. And all it was was happy birthday with some emoji hearts. And didn't even say like, how are you doing? How are you handling all of this? I mean, she knew my son was diagnosed as well before that. And never even checks in with me. And I guess a normal person would just reach out to her and be like, hey, um, you know, why aren't you checking up on me? Or I don't know. What do neurotypical people even do with this stuff? For me, it's like I just avoid it because I don't know how to handle it. I really don't. Should I say something to her? I always just feel like it's not worth it. I already feel misunderstood. I feel like if I open up, my history has shown that it's almost like there's just more understanding. So I just avoid it. And I didn't even respond to her for my birthday, you know, stuff because I guess I feel like she doesn't care. If she doesn't ask the questions, if she doesn't reach out to me, see if I'm okay, I feel like it's logical to assume she doesn't care, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway. Another woman I told was a newer friendship that I had kind of sparked up and it's someone who had previously confided confided in me about some concerns for her son who is my son's or was my son's best friend at his previous school and it was regarding what she thought her son might have as far as ADHD and we talked a lot about mental health especially in children and all of that and we opened up a lot. And since I generally regarded her as typically open-minded and a really caring person, we took this trip to the beach at the end of August and we were on vacation at the time and she brought our son down and we had this like beach day and it was supposed to be really fun and the overall day was really awkward and it was really because my son was overstimulated especially, I mean with the beach in general. The beach in general is loud and windy and sunny and, you know, for a kid who is easily overstimulated, that is not always the most fun environment. On top of that, her son, possibly ADHD, I don't know, um, is very loud and very, um, touchy physical, but like in a wrestling boy kind of way. And my son is not like that and so he was already overwhelmed and i think he just got really really overwhelmed and he started to act like he didn't want to be there um which anyone who has a kid with autism knows that that just means that your kid is overwhelmed and overstimulated and he doesn't always know how to you know process that properly or explain that to somebody Um, instead to the outside world, it looks like he's ungrateful or a little brat or something like that. Just, you know, because it comes off as like huffing and puffing and rolling his eyes and acting like he doesn't want to be there. And I was explaining to her, you know, all of that, that I promise, you know, he's just like overstimulated all of that. It didn't seem to help you know, despite all of the explanations, she seemed to continue to take it as really negative or um, that my son was against her son or that we didn't want to be there or something. I don't really know. And honestly, I'm speculating and haven't confirmed any of this with her once again, but it seemed at the time like when we were all packing up our stuff after the long beach day, it felt like they could not run fast enough to their car to get away. And what hurt even worse is I opened up to her that day about my diagnosis and her response was just kind of like, huh. (laughs) And that was it. And me being the socially awkward person I am didn't ask, well, what do you think about it? Because we weren't even that close yet. I mean, I probably just shouldn't have said anything, but I was desperate for, you know, understanding or someone caring or, you know, my, my friend, my best friend hadn't responded in months. I don't know. I, I wanted like another woman who was a mom maybe to give me some sort of comfort or something. Um, and when I don't get that, I just withdraw, uh, at the time I didn't really process that. That's what I even wanted. I mean, this is definitely 2020 hindsight here, but I don't know. I don't know how she felt about that. And once again, I'm taking her lack of contacting me ever again, since then it's been almost a month now as her just feeling weird about the whole thing and not understanding and not really want to continue a friendship. And I don't know, it's just really weird and hard to navigate. And when you add this new information that you're not even really secure in yet, it's so frustrating. And I I just don't even plan on telling anyone else at this point because I can't even bear what comes along with telling people and what it feels like. It feels like telling people I'm an alien from another planet. And in fact, the average person knows so little about autism that they probably would have a similar reaction if I told them I was an alien because included with every person I tell, um you know, I'm an official, I'm an autistic adult. I just found out and I was just officially diagnosed are the explanations and education and all of that that comes along with it. And feel free to add all of those looks of disbelief, because I guess there's a look someone's expecting you to have if you are autistic. And maybe I guess I don't meet that look. I don't really know, but all of the stereotypes that they do know, I don't meet any of those. And I get that. I mean, I've been someone who didn't know anything And so I do kind of understand that because literally three months ago, I had no idea um, what to look for, what to really look for. I mean, I knew all the stereotypical stuff, but my son didn't meet any of that stereotypical stuff. He always made eye contact. He seemed very socially aware. He was always loving and caring and empathetic to me and people around him. And I don't know, you know... This is what's so confusing about it all. And I don't feel like explaining that to every person I talk to. And that's why it's so frustrating. Autistic people out there don't even really meet those st- stereotypes. And it just doesn't even really apply to them. And the fact remains that it's just complex and strange and this world is filled with so many controversies and opinions and even what some people see as human rights violations in the autistic world that are going on that if you get this new adult diagnosis, you're thrusted into a whole new world of things that are new, and complex, and deep, and scary, and oh my god, are their children being abused, and their parents are putting them through it, and I had to do so much, so, so, so much um, research to just like dig through all of this, and I really, really, really encourage you to do the same, because in these three short months, I've been Like I said, it feels like an alternate universe that I've come to learn about like functioning labels, like saying high functioning or low functioning autism and how it hurts autistic people by saying that or ableism, which is discrimination and social prejudice against people with disabilities or ABA therapy, which I just mentioned, which is a controversial therapy. Aimed mostly at autistic children, or all of the medical myths or misunderstandings out there about us and the general misconceptions in, about autistic individuals. I mean, all of this stuff just leads up to this confusion and makes it so hard for us to open up to the people around us, which we already have a problem with anyway, in general. It's just cruel. I mean, it's just cruel that that we get this diagnosis. We already have an issue opening up. And then on top of that, the whole world mis- has a misconception about all of this. And we are left to educate the world. I mean, it's just cruel. And it's hard. And it's taking me a long time to process. But you know what? That's okay. I just invite all of you to be authentic and be real and use your voice because I'm learning now in my mid thirties that, and I have, you have to remember, I have an, a diagnosed autistic child and a two-year-old girl who is also in the process of getting her diagnosis. So I'm about to have two official kids with autism spectrum disorder. At least that's what I suspect at the moment. And this is for them too. Like I'm starting to realize like how I handle this and what i say and what i don't say directly affects them and their growth and their development and how they grow into an autistic adult because they are going to grow into autistic adults this is a reality and i am going to grow into an autistic grandmom and my grandkids might be autistic you know this is going to keep going down the line and i don't see any problem with that We have come to the end of episode four. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope a lot of this resonated with you. And once again, I am not coming at you as an expert. I'm really encouraging you to have a voice and do your research and understand where you are coming from so that you can empower yourself because that's really my focus right now. And it's all about where I am now and where I'm going. And I'm giving myself permission to take my time. It doesn't have to all be figured out this week. I'm going to take my time and do this right for not only me, for my children, for my grandchildren. I want to do this the right way. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am a stress there. I am all about sharing memes that are going on in my life right now. So follow me at Laura Stan. That's L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N. Or if there's anything you don't like, any constructive feedback, email me at Laura Stan, L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N at iCloud.com. Until next time.